0: the new am 740 the world doesn't
1: need another sports show it needs an awesome sports show you're listening to the naz and wally sports hour on zoomer radio good morning naz good morning wally neil the boys are back let's talk sports
2: Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740, 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. As usual, with me in studio, my co-host, Naz Marchese. Good morning, Naz. How are you? Good morning, Wally. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks so much. Uh, Notice you're suffering uh, some uh, some technical difficulties this morning. You, switching
3: from <laughs> switching from a BlackBerry to a notebook eight is pretty difficult for me. I'll
2: tell you. I got to tell you, Nez, I've never seen you struggle so much. <laughs> struggle. <laughs> we got to we got to figure this one out for you. Uh, so, uh, uh, got to get your boys to give you uh, some uh, some uh, quick and dirty tutorial on on the new technology no that kidding. exists today. Anyways, your uh, your former phone. Uh, we've put a call into the Smithsonian. I think they're. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so welcome to, as, as our Prime Minister says, uh, welcome to 2018, Naz. I was the last guy with
3: BlackBerry, <laughs> the last guy.
2: Well, BlackBerry's doing great now. They're just taking their software and they're uh, taking over the, the car world. Uh, so uh, let's uh, let's move away from uh, technology into sports and a uh, little roadmap for the show today. Uh, of course, uh, our soccer club, our champion soccer club, TFC, started their season yesterday, wasn't the result we would have liked and we're going to talk to Soccer Hall of Famer Carmine Marcantonio after the first break we'll talk about TFC and uh, we've got a big game coming up this Wednesday night, the CONCACAF Champions League and uh, if time permits maybe we'll even talk a little bit about Champions League on the other side of the pond. Middle of the hour uh, Michael Tracos uh, trade that deadline recap and NHL will bring uh, bring us up to date. Michael Tracos, of course is the senior hockey writer for the Post Media Network and a surprise. And as I'll let you introduce our third guest, I know you've been uh, you've been pounding the uh, the social media pages, and you've come up with uh, an interesting guest for the bottom of the hour. Former Team Canada member and uh, Buffalo Sabres All-Star defenseman Jocelyn Gavermont be on the show certainly looking forward to that jocelyn gavermont uh high draft choice of the vancouver canucks and i think it was a 71 draft Uh, i think he was third overall that year behind lafleur and dion that year and uh had a remarkable career with the montreal junior canadians and a pretty good career in the nhl as well especially uh, over in buffalo way in western new york and unfortunately early termination to his career as a result of uh Of uh, shoulder injuries and a long forgotten fact that you brought to my attention again this morning. He was actually a member of Team Canada 72 in the Summit Series. That's correct. So, uh, certainly looking forward to talking to Josh Gavermont. Last night... Uh, talking about a result on the, on the, on the green pitch uh, at the BMO that we didn't like. A uh, result at the Naval Academy at, in Annapolis. Uh, let's call it the white pitch. Uh, <laughs> wasn't a great game for the Leafs last night? Uh, uh, before we get to the actual part of the game, we've got to settle the, the most important question of last night's game. The uniforms, Naz, thumbs up or thumbs down? Down. Down, tell us, tell us, you know what? the interesting part? Maybe it's the
3: technology.
2: <laughs> uh, you know, it just, the, the contrast between, I, I mean, I love the uniforms. You know what? They, they were kind of cool, and they were a testament. Uh, they were paying tribute to the, uh, uh, while the game was at Annapolis, at the site of the U.S. Uh, naval Academy, the, the Toronto Maple Leafs were paying tribute to the, our, naval, uh, our naval officers and our naval officers' uniforms, and that's why they went all white with the blue trim.
3: They kind, like the Argos
2: kind, kind of kind of difficult to uh, pick it up against the uh, white background of the uh, uh but if you took the uniforms away from the rink uh, I thought they were kind of cool. The only thing that was missing, and I tweeted it last night you know it would have been would have been ultra cool if they had to put on the california golden seals <laughs> white white skates to make it a complete white outfit uh, wow. they would have they should have gone the full white last night they should have gone with the white skates now. I
3: thought it was an episode of Casper the Friendly Ghost like that one we are <laughs> watching them they, you can't even see them really you can't with the white it,
2: it was kind of tough and of course they had the uh, Talking about not seeing them, I, at, at uh, the lights went out uh, <laughs> in the, in the third period there when they changed uh, changed ends. Uh, uh, you know technical difficulties, and uh, you know we've had our criticisms of the outdoor games uh, over time. But I thought I thought the presentation last night. Uh, the way they pay tribute to the to the military uh academies uh, the naval academy and also they pay tribute to the to the uh to the canadian military mm-hmm. as well um you know when the pipers came in and uh i, I thought it i thought it was a it was, i thought it was a pretty good ceremony and i thought um it it showed it showed um, how um the, the concept of America and Canada, how uh, we have been allies um, for so many so many years, through world wars, through Korean wars, through Afghanistan wars, uh, I kind of like that, uh, you know, aside from all the political nonsense that's going on nowadays with the trade disputes and whatever, it was a poignant moment reminding us what binds our two countries together. And I, I, took, I took that away from that. I, uh, aside from the hockey game, the way they started off the game was a um, great reminder of, of uh, the bond between uh, Canadians and Americans. And in, in, in paying tribute to both of our military, we've both sacrificed so many of our young men and women on battlefields together. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the same side uh, for so many years and I thought that brought it into focus I thought that was great I thought the curlers uh, dropping <laughs> the puck I mean uh, God you know what you know, what? Uh, you know uh, wasn't a great result that our curlers and our, our women's hockey team but they celebrated that I thought that was fantastic the game I thought uh, didn't leave much to be desired from a Maple Leaf perspective yes.
3: they sure didn't make it exciting the least that's for sure mm-hmm. They didn't play well at all. They were down 3-2 in the second period, but after the fourth goal, it was over. And, uh, you know, like Holtby has played terrible all year, and he played not bad last night. but Anderson was awful, is Yeah,
2: Anderson was shaky. Uh, gave up a horrible rebound. I think it was the first or the second goal. I can't remember which one it was. I think it was the Ovechkin first goal. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, just a horrible rebound. Just bounced straight out. Uh, you know what, but, you know, we're not going to... You're not going to be overly critical. I mean, it's a long season. It's an 82-game schedule. Um, you know, they fought hard to get those overtime, uh, to, to get those ties in, in Florida, so they pulled one point from both of those. And Monday night, they got the Sabres. So hopefully they can start turning it around this week. And I would have thought that last night, uh, given that they got bounced by Washington in the playoffs last year, that they would have come out with a little bit more fire. Uh, a little bit more playoff desire. Um, they just it seemed flat last yeah, night. You know, Wally, they went on such a winning streak. You knew there was
3: going to be a letdown eventually, a little bit of a letdown. So as long as they don't make it a big letdown. You know, two, three games where they don't come up with, with a win. And that happens all the time, right? So I think that's where they're at right now with the Leafs.
2: Anyways, uh, we'll so certainly... We need, to, we need to talk
3: about Pluck I don't understand that move.
2: Do you? Uh, uh, no, and uh, <laughs> we've got to go to break, and uh, we'll get an opportunity to talk about that move with Michael Tracos in the middle of the hour. We'll be right back shortly.
4: It was a rainy day when Pizzaville announced that you can get a three-topping party pizza with 24 slices for just $24. It's perfect for large groups on a budget, like staff meetings, sports teams, or special ops units. go! go, go, go. So before you break down any doors get a three topping party pizza with 24 square slices for just $24 Call Pizzaville on your cell phone at pound 3636
5: There's an old saying Entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabond Carly, the intelligent
6: choice.
7: Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice.
1: They never argue sports. They just explain while they're always correct. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zuma Radio.
2: Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. We're pleased to welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, Carmene Marcantonio, Canadian Soccer Hall of Famer. Senor Marcantonio, how are you this morning?
8: Walter, good morning to you and uh, Naz. Uh, good morning also. Um, I'm really doing well. I just got back from Europe, uh, the old country. I was in Italy and Spain, so well rested, uh, ready to go. Walter.
2: Okay, that's that's great news. Kind mean, ready to go. Does that mean you're gonna you ready to go? Put on some soccer. He's gonna make uh, a comeback. Make a comeback, anyways. Uh, uh, I've I've seen you lately. You're in pretty good shape, Cardenas. So uh, you still got something left in those legs. TF, well, go yeah, ahead. Sorry. After
8: a DFC result, maybe I could have played yesterday. I think.
2: <laughs> uh, I think we're being a little bit overly uh, overly uh, facetious and uh, critical, but uh, certainly not not the result we would have liked. But let's 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 be uh, let's be reasonable. It's a long season. Uh, it takes, uh, you know, they, uh, they had played a couple of games against the Colorado Rapids. Quite frankly, I didn't think they looked that great in those games. It hasn't been long, it hasn't been that long since that fantastic evening in December when they won the MLS title. Um, yesterday's result, I mean, they are trying to, uh, you know, mold some new players into the lineup. Um, they had their chances yesterday, but uh, they're certainly not in mid-season form. Your analysis of yesterday's game.
8: Yeah, you. I think it, you hit it right on the nail. I think, um, I think uh, Greg Vanney, if he had to do it over again, I think he would have gone with that lineup. But uh, I thought the lineup wasn't well balanced, and especially because it's early in the season. Uh, they were, there were, I feel, too many changes made in the back, and the back was a bit... In, they were suspect in the back. They were not well balanced with Zalaeta uh, coming in and, and, and Winger. Uh, there were three changes in the back out of four, uh, other than Justin Morrow. The other three were all changed. uh, our, uh the Van der came in for Oro, which which was fine. I think Van did well. Uh, it's a good acquisition. Uh, the, the 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 problem was in the middle with Zavarete and, and Mwenga. Uh, they were not in good positions, especially on the goals. And uh, and I think that's where the problem was. Also, the other problem I feel was at midfield. Uh, Bradley was the only real defensive midfielder because uh, Akete was a good player. Uh, is an offensive player. Uh, Osorio is not the greatest defender midfielder, and uh, n- neither is uh, Vasquez. So a midfield really, but uh, uh, Bradley was the only one holding fault, and that's how that's what they got uh, exposed.
2: Well, it's certainly. Uh... Oh. Certainly, Carmina. It's a a one-off. You know, TFC had their chances. I thought they dominated the first, you know, 30 to 35 minutes of the game. Um, They had their chances. They didn't cash in on them. And then just before the half... Uh, it was a, a remarkable ball to the outside uh, player on uh, on on Columbus who controlled it and kicked it in an in incredible volley from uh, I think it's Higuain, the the Columbus guy. So
8: Iguain, Iguain, sorry, uh,
2: it was uh, you know it was a goal uh, from talent certainly. Um, and uh, they got another one quickly after the half, and uh, that was too big of a hill, mountain, uh, for TFC to climb. But um, it's not that they didn't have their chances, uh, Carmina.
8: Yeah, no, no, you're right. I I thought, you know, for the first game, it was, they, they had a decent game, I thought. Okay, so the games against Colorado were decent. Obviously, they got the result that they wanted in Colorado with the snow, and uh, and then you know, at home they played it a bit safe, but they were they were okay. They were ordinary. Uh, yesterday was a wake up call because you know TFC. Every everybody's saying uh, they're gonna build a dynasty. They're gonna you know just you, you don't just show up and win games. It doesn't work that way in professional sports, Walter. You know you gotta work the two phases: the defensive phase and the offensive phase. I thought. Going forward on that pitch was difficult because it was uh, muddy. became a mudfest in, in a way. Uh, so especially with uh, offensive players like we had yesterday, with Jovingo, Altador, and uh, at the new one, Ateke, and uh, uh, Vasquez, uh, Osorio, too much of an offensive uh, team, I thought. Okay, They created some chances. They were unlucky with uh, Jovingo heading the post. I thought if he made it two one they would have come back in the game. And and I think it was unlucky too because he hit a goal he had a crossbar. So they had their chances, uh, but you gotta give credit to 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 Colum- uh to Columbus because they played a really good game I thought on, on both on the offensive side and on the defensive side. In Higuain is always a threat and he scored a beautiful goal Right at the end of the first half, and then they got that second one at the beginning. So there were two goals that uh, caught uh, TFC by surprise. And you know what? It's a wake-up call. As far as I'm concerned, that's what Van is going to tell them. I say, guys, we got to work our butt off if we want to win again. If we want to be in, in the games, so we got we cannot make mistakes uh, defensively like they did. They did yesterday. I thought in the middle, in the back, and in our uh, midfield, they were very very weak I thought yesterday and uh, Drew Moore I think uh, was missing because Drew Moore if you look at him him, he's he's obviously the anchor of the defense in the last three years and he's not flashy but he's always in good positions and I think uh, think that he was missing uh, yesterday I, I thought they missed him in the middle Do you rate
3: Columbus as one of the top teams this year?
8: Well, no, they were saying, I mean, I heard the, some of the media, TV and written media, that they were saying, you know, Toronto is going to just show up and beat and beat Columbus because uh, Columbus w- went through a lot of changes. They gave away some players and made some changes. It's, uh, they have some new accusations too. And everybody, you know, it's one of those things that, uh, Matt, it's that is uh, that everybody thought Toronto is going to show up. And, and, beat, and beat Columbus. Uh, it doesn't work that way in professional sports. And, and uh, Columbus played really well, I thought. the midfield, they dominated with the with Santos, with this new guy, Marquez. And the, uh, the, the, their defense midfield, I thought, was outstanding without two and trap, this young American boy. Uh, they were much better balanced, I thought, yesterday than Toronto was. Both uh, Mark- uh, going forward <laughs> and defending.
2: Carmen, talking about uh, uh, tests that TFC has to face, Uh, it gets very interesting this Wednesday night. The uh, CONCACAF Champions League uh, TFC has drawn this team from uh, uh, the Tigres, I believe, from Mexico. Uh, This uh, certainly will be a challenge for TFC, they're uh, going to be going outside a little bit outside of their comfort zone. Uh, I'm kind of hoping it's going to be t- minus 20 and a blizzard Wednesday night, so uh, we get a little bit of a home field advantage. But uh, weather reports are showing it's, uh, it's, it's probably going to be a reasonable temperature Wednesday. But c- tell us what TFC, what kind of a challenge TFC is facing in this two game series with this team from Monterey, Mexico.
8: Yeah, the beauty about Champions League, its uh, this is a World Cup for clubs. So you get the best teams in the world that are competing. For the final phase, as you know, its, uh, it's uh, it goes in December. All the winners of uh, UEFA, which is Europe, and uh, South America, which is the uh, Copa Libertadores, the, that, the winner of those two, uh, plus the other winners in CONCACAF, which is North America, and then Asia, and then Africa. So you got six teams at the end that uh, the, all the winners of all the, the the confederations that they meet to 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 see who's going to be the World Cup of, uh, champion for clubs. In the past, it's been last year, it was the Real Madrid. The Real Madrid won the last two years. It's either normally a European that wins or a South America. There hasn't been one outside of those two european and south america that won the the world cup of for clubs but we hope that tfc will build on on a dynasty like like we are now and hopefully uh, we beat this tigre's team that is the champion of mexico so far for concacaf it's always been a mexican team that has represented uh, North America in 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 the final phase I think the closest was Montreal that lost uh, a couple of years ago against the Mexican team They went to the final and uh, and I think there was another American team that came very close but also lost to the Mexican in the final I feel Wednesday uh, this was a good wake up call for for Toronto this loss on yesterday because Wednesday will be a different game. Hopefully, like you said, it's going to be freezing conditions. The Mexicans don't like that, that kind of uh, the weather. Uh, so Toronto will have the advantage. I feel Toronto could make it through, but they got to win by at least two goals, I think. Because going back to Mexico and Monterrey is going to be a tough, tough uh, situation. It's not easy in Mexico. And uh, Mexicans have the best, best football, soccer when it comes to
2: CONCACAF. Ka- we, know, we know that. Ka- I mean, does, uh, d- d- uh, call a spade a spade. Does TFC have a reasonable shot of winning this against this I Mexican
8: team? I think they do. What do they have to do?
2: What do they have to do to well, beat this I Mexican think, team? L-
8: l- like you said, yesterday was a healthy loss, I, th- I think, because it's a wake-up call. That's what Greg Van is going to be telling them, that we they're going to work their butt off. The conditions are going to be helping TFC because Mexican, as I said, they're not. I played with some Mexican guys. With Toronto, Italia, we had two, three. We had an, a Mexic- an Italian coach that, brought, that played in Mexico in, in the first division Serie A, of Mexico, uh, of Franco Gallina. In, in this, I'm, I'm going back in the 70s now, uh, you know, mid-70s. And that, uh, there were two Mexican players I brought over to play in the no- National Soccer League at the time, and I was playing with Toronto, Italia. And they came in in March, around this time for preseason, and they were freezing. They, they probably wanted to go home. <laughs> they wanted to go home right away. said, Mr., Mr., you know, they called him Mr., the coach. Said, we, can't, we can't take this. We, uh, this is not for us.
2: Uh, you know what, having said they can't take it, I, I can't take it either. I, mean, I, 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 I know,
8: it's not easy, <laughs> but we're used to it. Imagine is the Mexican uh, coming over here in, to play a, a game of football, and yeah. if it's going to be sub-zero, I hope it will be. And I hope the field is going to be dry because uh, that's going to help uh, at least to see a, a football game, a soccer game. But I think Toronto, you know, hopefully will win by at least two goals. Uh, I think they need they'll need a cushion of two goals to go back to Mexico and pull it through. I think this Toronto team is a strong team. I think they're stronger men per men, They're stronger than last year. There were some good acquisitions. Uh, they got going to blend in the new players. They, they are. They will. And uh, it's going to be a different game. I'm very positive. I, I think, Walter, we're going to do it. Uh, I think we're going to win Wednesday. And uh, then it's going to be a 50-50 proposition going back to Mexico.
2: We've been, uh, ta- we've been talking to Canadian Soccer Hall of Famer Carmen Marcantonio. Carmen, just another 10-20 seconds. Juventus. <laughs> our beloved uh, Bianco, uh, our beloved Juve, Juve Tottenham, <clears throat> really, really quickly. They're quickly,
8: play- quickly, Juventus is going to play the perfect game. They have to win. they got no choice to go through. And from uh, a true Bianconero, uh, Juventus die hard myself because that, that's my team growing up in Italy. That's uh, who who was my my heroes with the Juventini, I think that they're going to pull it through, even though Tottenham is a very, very good team. They played the perfect game, and Higuain, Dybala's gonna are going to score 2-1 for Juventus.
2: Thanks so much. We certainly uh, certainly hope that result comes to pass. Carmen and Marcantonio, it's always a pleasure.
8: Always a pleasure. Take care, both of you. Thanks
2: so much. See you later. Bye care. now. Uh, certainly I, gonna...
3: get, I guess we don't need to put a tariff on them when they cross the border. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, don't get me started, Naz. <laughs> don't get me started on politics. Uh, I just don't I throw that. Down. I know you I know, I know you're goading me and I know uh, I better I better cut it. Better cut it short, better go to break or if I get into it we may get thrown off the air. <laughs> Anyways, we'll <laughs> be right well, and Wally Sports Hour is going to break. We'll be right back after the break.
4: It was a rainy day when Pizzaville introduced the Pizzaville app. Order your Pizzaville favourites right on your cell phone. It's easy, fast, and unlike other apps, the Pizzaville app lets you order and pay for your food. OK, I've opened the app. Now I'm placing my order. Now I've paid for my order. Whoa! Download your free Pizzaville app today from the Apple App Store
0: or Google Play. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey.
7: Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice.
1: They're not here to be nice, they're here to be right. The Boys are back, the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio.
2: Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM 740, Downtown Toronto 96.7 FM on the internet www.zoomerradio.ca. We're pleased to welcome to the Nazawali Sports Hour, Jocelyn Gavermont. Good morning, Jocelyn. How are you? Good morning to you, too. I'm doing just great. Thanks so much. I noticed uh, from looking at uh, your phone number, the area code's in Florida. So uh, tell us a little bit about uh, Jocelyn Gavermont and what you're up to these days, sir.
6: Uh, well, I've been—I moved down here 23 years ago, and I right now I live in Deerfield Beach, South Florida, and uh, I work at the Boca Raton Resort Golf Course. Oh, I got to come and past, visit you for the past five years, oh, and I'm really enjoying myself.
2: Jocelyn, I've got next time I'm down there, I've got to come and pay you a visit. We'll uh, going to hit some golf balls. Absolutely, look forward to it, Jocelyn. My
6: guests, my guests at the resort are. So you get free golf. Okay. Well, I,
2: I uh, will be down there soon. I've, I've, I've got your phone number on my screen. I'm on our screen. I'm memorizing it. Jocelyn, I know that uh, Naz called me last night and said uh, he had contacted you and and said, Do we want to have Jocelyn Givermont on the show this morning? I said, And it just brought back some very, very fond memories uh, for me. Um, of course, I remember you. Uh, I mean, we do have uh, quite a few listeners in Western New York, and of course our Buffalo and Western New York listeners have some great memories of, of uh, the times you spent with the Sabres. But my memories of Jocelyn Vermont go back a little bit earlier. Is, of course, I'm talking about those great Montreal Junior Canadian teams of the late 60s and uh, into the early uh, 70s. Um, certainly the 69-70 team, to me, together with the 64 Marley team, have always, I've always considered the two greatest junior hockey teams in Canadian junior hockey history. Uh, the 69.
6: 69- I think you're talking about the 68, 69. The, 69
2: team. The, the last year that Perot was there, I believe. The
6: uh, last year Perot was there was, uh, yes, uh, yeah. 69, 70. Yeah. But the year before. You uh, know, we had Marc Tardif, Jean yeah. Hull, Jean-Pierre Bordelot, uh, Andre Dupont. I, 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 think st- that, I think that I think that was the best team I, ever.
2: I think you're correct. Uh, certainly, going through those names again, uh, Perrot, Gaverman uh,
6: was Bobby Lalonde on on that team. Bobby Lalonde was on that team. Richard Lemieux, Rick Martin. Uh, I can give you the lineup of the first <laughs> year was my, was Gilbert Perot uh, Bob Gaindant and Reginald on the first line. The second line was Bobby Lalonde, JP Bordelot, and Mark Tardif. Wow! And then we had we had the kids line. We had Richard Lemieux, Norm Gratton, and Rick Martin.
2: Certainly, and believe
6: uh, it or not, Guy Charon was on our fourth line.
3: Fourth line.
2: <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, that that team may uh, I'm. I'm you know, I don't know if you can. If we Googled it, it didn't come, didn't pop. It may have had the most NHLers that ever came out of a junior hockey team, or if, if it did. If
6: I'm not mistaken, I think 16 or 17 of us made the NHL.
2: Certainly a, a remarkable uh, remarkable achievement. You, uh, if I if I recall correctly, that team, that era, you won
6: two Memorial Cups in a row. Did you not? Yes, we did. Sixty-eight, sixty-nine, sixty-nine, seventy. Uh, and in the 70-71, we lost in the finals of the Ontario League against St. Catharines.
3: Um, yeah, you guys were like, Niagara Falls was a really good team back then, too. Or earlier than that, they held the record with the number of NHL players. But you guys beat that, I think, with 17. Uh, do you recall the uh, the best player you play, ever played against in junior? Not with, but against?
6: In junior?
5: Yeah. Uh,
6: it would have to be... Marcel
2: Dion, and of course he was with the St. Catharines Blackhawks. Uh, yes, he at, was at the time. And you—you uh, you were certainly uh, achieve uh, achieved some success. Uh, you were the—you were voted the top. Uh, I think it was the, the Max Kaminsky Award, the top OHL defenseman. You were drafted uh, third by the Vancouver Canucks. Um, and certainly had a had a, a a really good pro career with Vancouver and Buffalo um you uh, uh you you played with the Buffalo Sabres uh the year um uh they made they went to the NHL Stanley Cup and uh, recall uh, Stanley Cup finals against the Flyers and i recall uh Reading an interview that uh, you were quite nervous going into that first game in the Stanley Cup Final. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, the day you heard you were being traded to Buffalo. Uh, what your thoughts were, and uh, uh, reuni- reuniting with uh, with Joe Parole in Buffalo. What that was like.
6: Uh, well, actually, when I got traded in Vancouver, from Vancouver, uh, they kind of had no choice because that summer. Uh, the draft was in Montreal and uh, Phil Maloney, who was the uh, director, you know, manager at that time and coach, had asked me to come, you know, to, the, to the, and, and greet the people, greet the kids that were drafted. And then so after the draft, we went up to his suite and he took me aside and he said to me, he says, Justice, I would like to renegotiate your contract. He says, can you come down this summer to Vancouver? I said, sure, I can. So, but he says, don't do it in, you on know, the 1st of August. So, so I got on the plane 1st of August, got there, and then I walk in his office and he's looking at me and he says, what are you doing here? I said, you're the one that told me to come down here that you would reneg- renegotiate my contract. Oh, he says, I don't recall saying that to you.
3: Oh, my. <laughs> so you went so and I asked said, for
6: a trade. Okay. So, no, I didn't ask <laughs> for the trade, but he knew that he had screwed up and uh, so, anyway, make a long story short. The start training camp, and uh, you know things are going well. I'm you know, I'm doing my work, and and then the, I think we had played the first three games in Vancouver, and then we're going on a road trip for a six-game road trip. So I got there at six o'clock in the morning because we were doing a little skate before we get on the plane. So they called me in my in this office, and he said, uh, "Jocelyn, he says we just traded you to Buffalo Sabers." So I got up, I shook his hand, and I said, Thank you very much. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know what? Vancouver back then, they, they 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 had high draft picks, but they never developed into anything. It was the team that poorly run there?
6: Well, let's put it this way. They they, they drafted Dale Talon first, and then they drafted me first the second year. The third year, they drafted Bob Daly. Okay? Wow. So here's three great defensemen here. So you're building your defense squad. And within three years, they traded all oh, three of us. <laughs> Unbelievable. I know. Now, how was it playing for Punch and Leth? Uh Actually, Punch and Leth, I loved it Because he wasn't the coach. He was the GM yeah, at that yeah. time. And, uh, no, I love Punch because the first day I walked in Buffalo, uh, he brought me in his office. He looked at my contract. He looked at me, and he ripped it off, and he says, let's, let's deal. So they re signed me on the new contract. And uh you know, so from that day on after that, you know, like uh, to me I think that was the uh, a sign that they really wanted me there. Yeah, uh,
3: you sorry. had a you had a really good I remember you had a really good career with Buffalo and
6: uh Yeah. Hell of
3: well, a shot from the hell of
6: a shot from the point you had too. <laughs> yes I did. Yeah. <laughs> I was coming home, like Gilbert Perrot, Rick Martin, Norm Graton, we all played the, the junior Canadians together. And most of the guys on the team I had played against in the Ontario League, like Don Luce, uh, Craig Ramsey, Chantel, you know. So, uh, so I was kind of coming home, and I was really happy. I
2: mean, Josh, I uh, I just can't remember the name. It was Joe, the, in the name of your coach. I
6: can picture him, Joe. My no, no. Joe Crozier was the year before was when he, I came in the Buffalo. Floyd Smith. Was oh, the Floyd
2: coach. Smith, of course, of course. I remember uh, that run you made to the Stanley Cup, and I remember you. There was the famous fog game with the Flyers, uh, and um, you lost in six games. Uh, you put up a valiant struggle. Um, and I remember the I remember the incredible outpouring of affection by by the by the Buffalo Sabers fans after after you lost, actually lost sixth game in the odd I believe, yes, and they did. just started they just started this chant, thank you Sabers thank you Sabers and I remember that like it was yesterday. Uh, Me as, too. <laughs> as a player, what what did that mean to you?
6: Well, it meant a lot because you know we we had. Uh well, actually, you know, we lost the the, the series in, in six. But well, I don't think we lost to the Flyers. I think we lost to Bernie Parak.
2: Okay. Yes.
6: Yeah. <laughs> good, good point. Had a, he had a hell of we, a series. We outshot them in five of the six games. And and of course, Bernie
2: went on to uh, win the. Um... When the, when the Conn Smythe that year. Yep, uh, he did. Yep, yeah, he did. Yeah, it, it uh, he was certainly at the top of his game. And every, every time I used to look at Bernie Perrant in a, in a Philadelphia Flyer uh, uh, s- uh, sweater, I always used to think, why wasn't he still wearing his Toronto Maple Leaf sweater? But uh, <laughs> uh, there's something, something magical happened on that way to that Stanley Cup final. Uh, in, in the Buffalo Sabres uh, that year beat out the Montreal Canadiens. In in the semifinals, if I'm not mistaken, and, yes, we did. And there were so many French Canadians on on the Buffalo Sabers. Uh, was that was that something special for you, oh, yes, absolutely? And for Gilles and for Rick Martin and for yeah, Rene Robert. Yeah. What really? was it like for all of you, uh, uh, all of you boys from Quebec, to beat the Montreal Canadiens?
6: Well, it was almost kind of like that we just won the Stanley Cup. You know, because there was such a rivalry between Montreal and us that year, and uh, plus, you know, just to, just to show you the fans, when we came back to Buffalo, I think it was one o'clock in the morning. There was ten thousand people at the airport <laughs> waiting for us. <laughs> Buffalo.
3: Now, a lot of the players end up staying in Buffalo for after their career,
6: and they 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 really like it there. Why is that? Well first of all it's uh it, it's the economy was good in Buffalo and it was kind of a cheap place to live. You know like uh, real estate was cheap uh, like everything else you know you're close to Toronto you're on the water and uh, it's a beautiful city. Even if it was an old city it's I, I I always thought Buffalo was one of the most beautiful city in the NHL.
2: And uh we're talking to Jocelyn Gaverman one last uh, question before we have to let you go Jocelyn uh um read some reports that uh, they had an interesting way of dealing with concussions uh, back in the day, and uh, there was one, one, one uh, report where you were, playing in, uh, Van- you were playing in Vancouver, and you got knocked out, and Bruce Hood came up to you and asked you, uh, obviously saw the glaze in your eyes, and asked you what uh, where you were playing, and you told him you thought you were in Los Angeles, and then he told you, get off the ice. Uh, and you took a couple aspirins and you came back into into the game. Uh, certainly a different way of looking at concussions in those days. Uh, how do you feel about uh the way things may have been handled in those days? And how are you uh how are you dealing with the 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 post uh retirement effects of uh some of the hits you may have taken?
6: Well, I don't know if I'm you know, I'm uh, my opinion on this is back then. Uh, they didn't have the technology to pinpoint, you know, a concussion right away. You know, the, you know, the, so, yeah, actually, that game I was in, we were just back from the road trip, and uh, I was in Buffalo. We were in Buffalo playing against the Canucks, and uh, I slept on the ice, and I hit my head on the board, and I'm sitting there, and I'm laughing. And Bruce said to the trainer, he said, Why is he laughing? He said, well, let me me check out something here. So then the trainer asked me, he says, what's your name? So I gave him my name. He says, where are we? I said, we're in Los Angeles. So Bruce said to him, get him off the ice. (laughs) 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 And uh, actually, I didn't come back that game because when I went in, you know, I just had a terrible headache. But even the doctor, you know, came to me and he said, oh, okay, you hurt yourself, you're you know go home and uh, they gave me uh i don't know if it was Tylenols or whatever, and then I came back the next day and, and back on the ice you know i was i was I had the headaches for about a week, but you know like, we didn't really pay attention to those things back then yeah but well, today is a complete today thank God it's a complete different story today
2: certainly, certainly we are thankful that it's a completely different story Jocelyn. It's, it's been a pleasure. Uh, we've uh, we've spent a little bit of time going down memory lane. Some great memories of some fantastic Montreal Junior Canadian teams. Some great memories of uh, some certainly some exciting times with the Buffalo Sabres and the French Connection and uh, those great Buffalo Sabre teams from the mid-70s. And Jocelyn, I'm just going to tell you, I got your phone number. Uh, I know where you are down there and i uh, got to go swing. Got to come and swing some golf clubs with you.
6: Absolutely. And thanks for having me. It's always you're very p- welcome. Josh.
2: Thanks so much. We're glad to hear you're doing well, Josh. Gabriel, Have I nice
6: say and uh, uh, hello to all
2: my fans? Thanks so much. Uh, thanks so much, Jocelyn. Keep well. Uh, without further ado, Michael Tracos, senior hockey writer, Post Media Network. Good morning, Michael. How are you? Hey, pretty good. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. Uh, uh, your uh, we we took a little internal poll here this morning. Uh, the uh, Maple Leafs. White jerseys, thumbs up, thumbs down. What do you think, Michael?
5: (laughs) The Stormtrooper look. (laughs) uh, For a one-off, I didn't think they were that bad. I'll give them a thumbs up just for um, trying to be a little different. At least you could pick them out on the ice. Uh, although they sure. kind of did blend in
2: with the ice, I, 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 was, I was saying earlier in the show. My only my only criticism is they should have gone the full white. They should have come in with the white skates, a la the California Golden Golden Seals. But uh, yeah, that would been pretty cool. That would be <laughs> cool. Anyways, uh, Michael, uh, you of course were at the uh, at the pulse of what happened at the uh, trade deadline this week. Um, we want to get your assessment. Uh, certainly, uh, we're, we're, we make no bones about it. We tend to be a little bit homers here on this show. The Toronto Maple Leafs seems to be the focus of our attention. Only thing the Maple Leafs did, Thomas Plakanich, Naz and I have debated this at length. Uh, your assessment of where, whether first of all, whether that's a good move or not. And second of all, um, what's the point of it? Where does he fit in? In the lineup, is he the number three? Is he the number four? Is he taking time away from Bozak? Is he taking time away from Dominic Moore? Where does this make sense?
5: Yeah, I, I thought it was uh, its sort of Brennan Shanahan's version of going all in, which is not a whole lot in no, yeah. uh, when you get a guy like Placan it's, uh, as a fourth-line center. Um, I didn't think it was a terrible move. Obviously, it's a, a conservative one. Um, they didn't address maybe a need for a a fifth or sixth defenseman, but I think uh, the elevated play of Travis Dermott kind of maybe um, makes that maybe null and void. I don't think you maybe had that need uh, necessarily when you've got uh, a lot of young guys still developing back there um, with Zaitsev as well. And I don't think we've seen the best of him lately. Um, The only other deal I could have seen them try to make uh, is a guy like Ryan McDonough, but he doesn't play on the right side, and I think that was where really the pressing need uh, on Toronto's defenses. And Maybe you could have um, tried to go for a uh, Derek Broussard, um, someone of that ilk, or Paul Stastny, like what Winnipeg did. But I don't think Toronto's in that spot right now where uh, they necessarily thought that this is the year where they had to go for it. I, I still think um, I-, I thought that they were in that position, and if I was management, I might have. Um, went a little bit more aggressive, but I I still think that they're viewing it as possibly next season is going to be their year.
3: Michael, who made the best move at the trade deadline?
5: I liked Winnipeg. Um, I don't know if there's one team that made the uh, the best deal. I really like what Tampa did, but I think Tampa was in a total position to do that when you've got the prospect depth that they had and when you've got the best team in the NHL and you're really looking at uh, where they are right now now they've got two cracks at it You get Ryan McDonough, and I thought JT Miller is going to be a better fit for them than Vladislav Misnikov just in terms of I think they needed that more uh, more of that two-way guy versus another kind of pure goal scorer in, in the Misnikov so um Tampa Bay from the east um and then from the west I think Winnipeg was probably um getting Paul Stastny I don't think there's a better top 9 um in the Western Conference now
3: it seems Rick Nash has uh, adjusted in Boston very well. Are you surprised at that? I am.
5: That he has adjusted well? Yeah, he
3: has adjusted. I didn't think he'd do well in Boston, but it looks like he's going to be okay.
5: Yeah, he actually looks better than he did in New York, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of shocked. Like Right off the hop, they go into Buffalo, and they lose the game, but Nash has a fantastic game, five shots. Uh, since then, he's aver- He's gotten five shots on net or more. Why are you guys um, shocked? Last night, last night he, had a fant- he had eight shots on net. Like, so, fuck Really he could have like four or five goals based on what uh he's producing in terms of uh pucks on net and um if you watch any of the games they played, like he's he has looked like a beast out there. I think with Bergeron out, um we've really kinda of seen that um that secondary scoring was a necessity. So yeah, that was a pretty good addition. Uh, didn't come cheap, obviously. Um he was one of the more pricier guys and probably was the the big fish in terms of rental players, but um yeah, I wonder if this, this is such a good fit that he actually thinks about re signing there.
2: I'm actually to be honest with you, I'm not shocked that uh, that Nash is playing well in Boston. Uh I, I you know, he's 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 not old yet. He's still a he's still a world class talent, and you know sometimes these players they just need to they just need to be removed from a place that may have a little bit of negativity and put into a place that's a little bit positive, and they they they're able to find uh, and be rejuvenated. What did uh, what did Howard Cosell call those guys in the old days? Reclamation projects. He used he's to call been, them
3: He's been a reclamation. You know, project. and uh, he's never been I, I'm though.
2: not surprised about Rick Nash at all. He's a, you know look look what Eric Stahl's doing in Minnesota now. I mean, uh, I was
5: going to mention stall yeah like it's it's kind of uh we're seeing a lot of old guys are saying hey don't write me off just yet i know this is a young man's league but um we're seeing a bunch of guys in their like i guess mid-30s stalls uh, stalls around there and uh nash is 33 years old and it, it felt like we're seeing the last of their uh the good play and then like you mentioned uh it's been i don't know if it's a reclamation project or whatever but definitely for a guy like nash this could be something where, okay, he does feel a bit rejuvenated because um, he's not only on a playoff team, but he's arguably on a, a Stanley Cup contender and going to Boston.
3: Getting back to the Leafs, now having, having said that Tampa Bay and uh, Boston made the best moves, Toronto's going to play one of them. What do you think are <laughs> their chances? Or both. <laughs> or both. Hopefully both.
5: It's quite the gauntlet, isn't it? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah it doesn't get easy obviously even if you get past those two teams what you're looking at facing uh, potentially Pittsburgh in the conference final and whoever comes out of that west so i think the days of having easy playoff rounds uh, are over but yeah toronto's got it's work cut out for them when you face um and i think it's, it's more so not just uh the firepower that boston's bringing like you got to go against two Rask for a seven game series like there's no easy goals um and Today Ochara, we're talking about older guys <laughs> that really haven't uh, shown their age. Well, this guy's in his forties, guys, and <laughs> he's still up there uh, amongst the the most feared defenders when you're talking about shutdown guys. So, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough sh- uh, a tough road for these uh, young Leafs. But you know what? We've seen it time and time again. Like Patrice Bergeron is out now, so they are a bit more susceptible. Um, when they came to Toronto, I thought. You know I was almost expecting that with the way that Boston was playing that it was going to be a real tough match for Toronto, and that you know what the way that Toronto had played when they went into Boston a few weeks earlier, I was like, oh man, this is gonna be this, this could be ugly this could be um a sign of things to come in the playoffs, especially because Matthews was at that game, mm-hmm. and you know you never know because Boston all of a sudden just didn't look like themselves, or Toronto just played at a higher level and the way that Frederick Anderson is playing, that really has become the X factor. So I know Toronto's going to get Boston. They're going to get Tampa after, even if they get through Boston. But I'm not so sure that um, it's going to be a, a four-and-done series for either uh, for either of those matchups. I, I think Toronto's a better team um, than maybe some of the league has given them credit for. Uh,
2: Michael, please explain this to me. Somebody, somebody, Naz has been trying all year, and he's been telling me that it's not a fool's paradise. But somebody, please explain the Vegas Golden Knights to me. I just, I just, it just, beyond, beyond belief that an expansion franchise is actually fighting for first overall in the league. Michael, please, please explain
5: it to me. <laughs> yeah, someone explain it to me as well. I don't get it. When you look at a guy like William Carlson, who had anyone even heard of this guy before the season? Still and now, I, haven't, I still don't know who he is, but I understand he's got 35 goals. Yeah, I understand that he's challenging for a Rocky Richard. And, <laughs> like, who are these guys that no one wanted um, four or five months ago? And now, uh, all of a sudden, they, they are the cream of the crop. It, it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. and uh, it, all, all I can say is it doesn't make you feel good if you're Peter Chiarelli or um, Jim Benning or uh, Jason Bonnerol. When you're going, geez, I've been trying to rebuild this team for a number of years, and now all of a sudden a, a Vegas expansion team comes in and they're they're able to just piece together a team out of a scrap heap and um, be the number one team overall. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't fly. Doesn't make sense. And all I can say is Gerard Gallant. Um, this is the easiest call for Jack Adams uh, Award winners that we've had in any year. Um, this guy's a slam dunk. I think he's He's worked his might as touch on a lot of these players, and um, I'm just kind of curious. I know we're seeing like this team is really kind of made as believers, and I think the time for them coming down to earth is past. Uh, this is more than a Cinderella team, but I'm still curious to see what they actually do in the playoffs. Because if they're if they're as good in the regular season, then they should be a Stanley Cup contender. And yet, are you are you still kind of considering them a Stanley Cup contender? I. I I'm still a bit skeptical, uh, I'll be honest. Uh, when I'm looking at my cup contenders, especially from the West, it, it starts with probably Nashville or Winnipeg. And then after that, I would not even put San Jose ahead of Vegas just because I'm not 100% sure that this is going to last.
3: L.A. is uh, going to be close to being there because they got Jeff Carter back and they missed him all year, right? And L.A. Yeah. plays Vegas. L.A. will, will wipe him out in four. L.A. overmatches Vegas and, and every every player, right?
5: Uh, on paper, it yes. doesn't make sense, and that's the whole thing. That's what we're talking about is you look at that matchup, and you're saying, yeah, L.A. for sure. They've got Carter. They've got Dowdy. they got Jonathan Quick, and Dion enough Dion Phaneuf's great. To their defense. And um, At the same time, I don't know. You could say that about any team when they match up against Vegas. So I don't know. I'm with you. I don't think they get past the first round. I think it's one of those kind of deals, but... Um, I wouldn't be surprised based on what we've seen so far.
3: Michael, how many teams in the league would like to throw all their players out and start over again? That is an expansion team. I wonder.
5: Well, Buff- 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 Buffalo. There's a few, right? <laughs> Ottawa, Montreal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this, uh, it, it is so weird. I, I'm kind of curious to see what they do with Seattle because uh, I wonder if general managers have learned <laughs> now. and um, it, it doesn't become easy when you have to protect players, and I think that was the problem is, um, when we look at guys like Carlson. You're going Columbus. How do you? How could you give this guy up? Or how could you give up Mark Mathot uh, if you're Ottawa and um, basically lose him for nothing? And then he ends up in Dallas. Um, but you know the expansion uh, draft rules. Uh, they didn't make it easy on teams. Like you're basically is pick your poison. Uh, who's your favorite son? Basically, um, and. A lot of the options were, were you're going to get burned either way, um, whether it was a William Carlson or whether it was another guy of that caliber, um, like a, maybe a Boone Jenner or uh, whoever else that you had to decide between. So um, it, it, you know, good on the NHL for actually making this Vegas team competitive right out of the gate.
2: I think they made them too competitive. Uh, certainly, it'd be interesting to see what uh, what happens in the playoffs. Uh, that will be fascinating, Michael. Uh, you know how much we appreciate you uh, uh, joining us on a Sunday morning and uh, sharing your expertise with us. We've been talking to Michael Traco, senior hockey writer for the Post Media Network. You can find him in the National Post and the Toronto and all the Sun papers. Michael, thanks so much for joining us.
5: All right, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Have a good Sunday. Thanks
2: so much. Appreciate it. Uh, Naz, 15, 20 seconds left. Last word.
3: I just wanted to announce, uh, we're supposed to have Geraldine Heaney on the show today, but uh, she's had some commitments with her minor hockey coaching in in Ancaster, and she will be in studio on March 18th.
2: Geraldine Heaney, the Bobby Orr of... uh of uh it's considered the bobby orr of canadian women's hockey that should be a great show in a couple weeks time to our listeners it's been another great week on the nasa sports hour we wish everyone the best we'll be back again next sunday morning same time thank you
0: this podcast is proudly produced and presented by the zoomer podcast network home of great podcasts like Marilyn lightstone reads idea city on the air and the garden show